Well, hello again, everybody. It has been a while, but it is episode number 85 of The Boys of Summer. I'm Gene Gums. I'm joined by my friends Paul Arnold and Eric Braun. And guys, the last time we talked, it was the end of the 2022 season. A lot has happened since then. So let's kind of get caught up on some of the things. Let's start um, with the WBC. My first question is, how much of it did you guys watch? I watched... um... I don't think I watched a single complete game, but I watched bits and pieces of a lot. And I'm kicking myself a little bit for that. Now. I, I, you know, I did watch most of the, the final game, um, but man, I wish I would have watched more because it just it seemed excellent. I, I really feel like I missed out. Yeah, I saw Japan versus Korea and then U.S. against Japan. And I agree the quality of baseball. I always thought that Japan and Korea were always two steps behind. Man, they are not two steps behind anymore. You know, the one thing when I watch, when you watch those teams from like Korea and Japan, they play a different kind of baseball, don't they? I mean, they just approach the game so much differently than we do here in North America and even in Latin America. It's just, they, it's, it's, it's much more, I don't know, is scientific the right word, the way they, the way they approach the game? You know, I think it's a little bit of scientific, but there's also an enthusiasm there that I think sometimes we miss out on. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let me ask you how what your feelings are. I mean, of course, with the big injuries that happen with with the Jose Altuve and Edwin Diaz, everybody is screaming about the WBC. Oh my God, we shouldn't have it. Look at the injuries, and you know these other teams are paying their salaries and yada yada yada, and it's horrible. We should do away with it. I have the exact opposite reaction to that because these injuries could happen anywhere. I mean, Edwin Diaz was a celebration for goodness sake. And, you know, they could have gotten hurt in the spring training. Matter of fact, a lot of guys did get hurt in spring training games this year. Yeah. Do, you, do you, how do you, how do you, how do you feel about that coming? The, the fact that the tournament's in preseason like that. Well, what do you want? It, it, do you want it to be in the regular season or the off season? I mean, it's, well, yeah. some people, some people, some people I know. well, some people talk about maybe shutting down the league for a couple of weeks and doing it in the middle of the year, but I think that'd uh, be more dangerous. Yeah, that's worse. No, this is, this is the right way to do it. And, uh, when you look at, I mean, look, the Dominican Republic, there's never going to be a league where the Dominican gets to play, uh, baseball representing itself in any other way, but this, right. Right. And right. The Dominican sends more, great baseball players out per capita than probably any other country on earth, you know? So, uh, you know, this is their chance. They care more about this certainly than they do preseason. So maybe they're trying a little harder than they would in, in spring training, but that's great. That's what makes it fun. Right. Right. Why, why are you, why would you not want more fun baseball to watch during spring training? It's just, it's injuries happen. It's part of the game. The, Diaz thing was likely to happen anyway. I mean, that was an injury waiting to happen, I assume. But somebody who, you know, he, he was just jumping up and down. That could happen. I mean, he could have been taken out the trash and done that, right? So Right, right. <laughs> I just, I, the fact that I was watching, quote unquote, meaningful baseball in March was incredible to me. That I was jazzed up to watch a baseball game in March, instead of waiting for, you know, for the fourth inning of spring training game when Larry Moe and Curly are out there and you need a program to know who's playing, it was nice to be able to watch a game that mattered. Yeah. Agreed. Um, 
you know, and, and I think it's good for the game. Look, I, you had it. What, what was the guy from Czechoslovakia, like a plumber or an electrician or something that that struck out Shohei Otani? I mean, <sighs> where where else are you going to get that? Yeah, exactly. That's 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 magic right there. That's baseball magic. Uh, Eric, that would be like you going and uh, I don't know, uh, having an exhibition race with a bunch of Olympians. Right. And beating one of them. I mean, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I get got, got to go out there and run against uh, some really fast guys, I, I mean, I'd probably hurt myself. I'd be the one who'd be injured. <laughs> I think you're talking about his dreams now, Gene. But well, that's what. But that you know what? Baseball is about dreams, isn't it? Right? The field of dreams, and and every kid that when we were growing up, we all dreamt about some of the stuff that we saw in the World Baseball Classic. You know, and the crowds and the way people were going crazy. What a great, what a great uh, poster for the game of baseball. When you have teams like Israel and Italy, and I mean the people in Great Britain, I never realized what a big baseball community there is. I mean, it's small, but it's very enthusiastic in England, and the game of baseball is actually growing there. I mean, that's amazing to me. Amazing. So I had two takeaways that I want to share. First of all, I was, I was relieved to see or I'm pleased to see that baseball has certain stereotypes that transcends countries. Like <laughs> in the U.S., as a pudgy catcher growing up, I was stereotyped. Good defense, couldn't hit that good, but, you know, good defense, pudgy catcher. Japan had a pudgy catcher. He didn't hit so well. He had a good arm. I thought, that just makes sense. It's not just Americans, right? The other thing is, you guys probably saw this. Otani in this World Series, nobody hit it harder. He hit it a ball 118.7 miles an hour. No one threw a pitch harder 102 miles per hour than he did. And nowhere hit a longer home run than he did, 448. It was almost like he took it up another notch to say, yeah, I'm MVP twice. Yeah, this is what I can really do when I'm really motivated. <laughs> what about the idea, and, and this kind of came up uh, more in the American broadcast, but the fact that we, the United States doesn't get the good pitchers to go to the World Baseball Classic. I mean, when you look at, you know, no offense to the guys that were there. It was, I'm glad that they went. But when you have guys like Scherzer and Verlander and Kershaw and yada, 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 and guys that, you know, the big names, none of them want to play in the WBC. And it was the same the previous WBC as well. What do we, I mean, is it just because the sense of national pride in the United States is so much less than in other countries? Is that what it is? Well, I think it's a little bit that it's less of a opportunity to shine and they, they can, they're going to go out and have a great year and hopefully get to the playoffs for, for their team. Right. That's their thing. Uh, I, I think it's just, there's more risk than reward in the, in the math that they're doing in their heads. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Agents. It's those bad news agents. Can't stand them. Well, well, I wondered if it was agents, Paul, or if it was owners saying, I'm paying, you know, Max Scherzer almost, you know, $35 million a year. I don't want to take the chance. And I know that he could get hurt in a spring training game, but I can, I can swallow that a lot better than I can him taking a, a, you know, a line drive off the forehead against the Dominican Republic. 
A good point. I get it. There's so much money in baseball now, more than I ever, ever imagined. So um, you guys remember Joe Pepitone from way back? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. So just, we just used to have passed that. passed away. Yeah, just passed away. We had the game, that uh, Spinomatic, whatever game, and we always liked Joe Pepitone because he had a good uh, area that if you spend it, he got you know, single or double or triple there for a while for the Yankees, and he just passed away. But, you know, I also heard an interview with Ron Howard, who played Opie, and in one year he made more money than Sandy Koufax when he was on the Andy Griffith show. And he said <laughs> that shouldn't be. He felt embarrassed by wow. that. Wow. So I don't. Really? He, he didn't say how much it was. I think it was Koufax was holding out, and I think he got a hundred grand. And I think Opie made more than Sandy Koufax. So now, would that ever happen? Now, no. Well, not with the kind of money they're making. I mean, and look, we, we can we can talk all we want about how ridiculous the money is now. I mean, my wife every time that she hears about these contracts, just. Um, just rolls her eyes because she just it's it's unimaginable. But but we also have actors in Hollywood that are making ten twenty million dollars for a movie. You know what Sandy Koufax's largest salary was in his career? Nope, hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, and that was his last year in nineteen sixty six. He made one hundred and twenty five grand. Mm. That's wow. the most he ever made. He made 110 grand in 65, then got a raise to 125 in 1966, and then he retired because his arm was shot. But think about it. There's, there's guys. Uh, Max Scherzer's probably making 125 thousand dollars an inning. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I mean that's in, that's just insane when you think about it. You think Max Scherzer's going to make 30 starts, right? And he's he's going to make you know 35 million dollars. So he's making a million and a half dollars a start. Think about that for a minute. That's insane. Anyway, um, well, I'm glad that we all kind of feel the same about it. That's that's good. Um, now, we move on. And, and by the way, this is where the whole new rules thing really got driven home to me because we had already started spring training, right, when the WBC was going on. So we had already started with the pitch clock, and we had already started with the no shifting and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, the WBC starts – and the games all of a sudden are like at a snail's pace. It's like last year. And I'm like, oh, now I know why they did this. I mean, I think I think that the pitch clock and I you we you know how much I dislike Rob Manfred. The pitch <laughs> clock may be the may be the best thing that Major League Baseball has done since he's been commissioner in the last 10, 12 years, without a doubt. I mean, it may be the best decision they've made. In the last 30 years, I mean, it's I, you know, it has the potential to, uh, you know, to to reinvigorate the game. You know, I, some people may come back and actually watch the game. I mean, the games have gotten ridiculous. I mean, they were uh, dull. It was all about home runs. I mean, home runs are fun, but you know, everything loses its luster when you get five, a, six, seven a game. You know, no, it, suddenly it's not that exciting, right? And now, you know, thanks to the pitch clock. There's you know tons of action, the the bases are bigger, so you were actually seeing some stolen bases again. So yeah, I think man, I, I the, but the pitch clock I, you know is is the main thing. I mean it's just the pace of the game is so much more fun. You you feel like you can't uh, step away from the game. Like I mean, there were some pitchers where you know I could go watch a pitch. <laughs> Go uh, grab a beer. Go to the bathroom. The beer. Yeah. 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 And, and and you know miss the, nothing. Right. Right. Um, 
you actually, I mean, has it changed the way you've watched the game? I mean, obviously it sounds like it has. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, just this weekend I was like, I'm watching, I'm, I was watching a Royals game and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go there. You know, it's in between batters. I'm going to run and go grab another beer. And I like kind of, you know, I went out cause it's the garage fridge where, mm-hmm. where I'm allowed to keep my beer. And I went out and grabbed it and came back in and, uh, yeah, they were already like, he was winding up to throw. And I was like, this yep. is awesome. Um, here's, here's some numbers for you. First week of, of games last year, the average time of game, three hours and eight minutes. First week of games this year, two hours, 38 minutes. They cut a half an hour off the average time of game the first week. That's, That's amazing. I mean, I mean, and and now you know, think about it. Like, well, it's it's probably not as bad for uh, for you, Eric, because you're in a different time zone. But here on the East Coast, like when the Red Sox go to the West Coast and they have to start a game, and it's like ten o'clock, and the way the old games were, you knew that thing wasn't getting over till one thirty in the morning, and there yeah, was even, no way you could, there was no way you could watch it. Yeah, even here, I would just say like, oh, forget it. Yeah, I'll just I'll watch I'll watch the highlights in the morning. Yeah, now you got a shot. Now, you know, it could be a two-hour and 15-minute game, and, you know, if you feel like staying up till midnight, you could actually have a shot of watching most of the game, which is great. So, but to, to go along with these numbers, stolen base attempts last year, first week, in same number of games, 43, uh, there were 29 stolen bases in 43 attempts last year, 67% success rate. Same time period this year, 70 for 84. Yes. There are... 41 more stolen bases in the same time period as last year. And get this, the success rate went from 67% to 83%. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. Is it because of the size of the bases? Or is it because of the pitch clock and the way they have stopped pitchers from throwing to first base. This is the one part of the pitch clock thing I'm not sure I'm on board with. The whole two disengagement thing where you have two throws and if you throw again, you don't get them. It's a balk. Yeah, I think, it, first of all, I think stolen bases and, and small ball, that's that's what I want. That's what, you know, that's, that's the exciting part. That adds another element. Um, I do think there are some things where they could work around. I think, you know, if there's if you only have two disengagements, that means you really only have one. Because if you do two, then they know. Right. He knows. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. so then he's right. just, just he can walk to second base. So I think I think they'll they'll have to fiddle with that, and maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe the pitch clock is a, maybe a little bit longer. It doesn't have to be quite as tight as it is. Although I think everybody will get used to it eventually. I do too. But, yep. But, but yeah, I think, man. Stolen bases is just, I, I, I'm a Royal, you know, as you know, I'm a Royals fan and small ball is what, you know, our franchise has always been about. That's how we've won. That's how we won in 2015. Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson. I mean, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and Hal McRae made interesting right. plays, you know, coming in cleats first and knocking people over. Um, but there was, uh, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's so much more fun when, when, when speed and defense and, and, you know, and requiring more out of the catcher with good throws. I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, that's, that's baseball. That's what, that's how it should be played. It's just, I mean, buying home run hitters has just made the game dull. 
So I like um, it's gone from historical drama to an action movie. I mean, before you'd sit and you wait and wait for something to happen. Now it's an action movie. And I like the announcers have to stay on their toes. Before, the announcers would try to think of, of any crazy thing they could think of, like what they ate the last night. Or Now yep, you can yep. hear them trying to keep up with the pace. And I also think for the next generation, they had to do this because I think we have the ADD generation, kids who have short attention spans. And so yep. they just were leaving droves because it was too slow. It was fun when you're there. You can watch people. You can watch the game. But at home, this is so much better. And Gene, I agree with you. Two throws over to first seems a little wimpy, but I'm trying to give it a chance here. But uh, And right now I'm actually watching Phillies against New York Yankees while listening to you guys and enjoying both things. Well, you know, here's the thing. I, and I get that, that you love the stolen bases, but the, I was watching the Red Sox this weekend. The Red Sox played the Baltimore Orioles this weekend. The first two games of that series, the Orioles stole 10 bases. They were 10 for 10 in stolen bases the first two games. I mean, and I'm like, this is, you know, I don't know whether I was angry, frustrated. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what it is. And I think I mentioned this to you in a text message, you know, when we were talking about the show. The problem is, is that the catching in the major leagues right now is as bad as it's ever been, right? What do we have? What do we have, really, honestly? Uh, six, seven, eight catchers that are what you would consider pretty good, and then you got a bunch of guys that are just there. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the, the elite ca- there aren't a lot of elite catchers anymore, which is going to make this even more difficult for teams. Yeah, well, I mean, look, every time there's a major rule change, the game has to, and the talent has to adapt. And that's 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 what's going to have to happen here. And, and catchers, yeah, that's the the first place. That's what I tried to think when we were having that text conversation, who are the really good catchers. Well, you left. have one. I have one of those. Yep, that's true. Yeah. We got Salvi, yeah. um, uh, Real Muto, and... Yep. Uh, uh, who is the other one? Well, Martin oh, Maldonado is really Maldonado. good. Maldonado. Maldonado. He, he, he can't hit a lick. You can't hit. Any, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they they keep him in the lineup purely for defense, kind of like Yachty you know, in St. Louis towards the end of his career. So. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's a few others like you know Christian Vasquez is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple other guys. The the kid Rutschman, that the new kid from uh, from Baltimore, seems to be a better hitter than he is a catcher, but he's still not a butcher back there. Um, so and and Sean Murphy, the kid that was in Oakland, that's now in in uh, Atlanta, is pretty good. But that's about it. I mean, I really don't know what else. So I mean, the 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 the, bat, the uh, runners may have a field day. Now, what's interesting, the other new rule is doing away with the shifting, and it's working. And here's the number to back that up: the batting average on balls in play, which are, you know is one of these analytics numbers. But when they actually put the ball in play, okay. Last year, when the ball was put in play the first week of the season, the batting average was 276. This year, with the ball, any ball that's been put in play, the batting average is 301. That's a 25-point jump on balls in play simply because they did away with the shift. Amen, Perfect. brother. See, see this, is, this is a plan coming together because you've got the... <laughs> the the speed of the game has been uh, has been sped up because of the pitch clock, but with but 
with the shift rule being uh, made, uh, there's more offense. So you have more offense in a compressed time, more action with the stolen bases. So it's right. It's, this is this is this is a golden era of baseball. We're, we're getting we're getting back. Yeah, we're getting back to like <laughs> the, uh, the 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 St. Louis Cardinal days, right? Vince <laughs> exactly. Coleman and, and those guys. I mean, that's yeah. is that where we're headed? Is I mean, are we are we pushing baseball back forty years? Thirty well, I years. Hope we don't, I hope they don't bring back the turf, but everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gene, I have a question uh, for you. I have an answer. Okay, good. So, would one of your favorite catchers of all time, Carlton Fisk, do well in this new rule system? No. No. No, he would not. No. You know what? I love Pudge. He was a great catcher. And no. by the way, he's the original. Yeah, he's, he's the original, the original Pudge. Pudge. Okay. okay. Original I don't want. I don't want to hear about. I don't want to hear about any of the. He's the Pudge. But anyway. He he was not the greatest defensive catcher in the world, folks. He was pretty good, but he he didn't he wasn't the greatest defensive catcher of his time by a long shot. And and he was very slow. He was a big boy. He is a big boy. Um and, and I'm not sure how well he would have done with this. I you know what I would have loved to have seen? I would have loved to have seen how, how Nomar Garcia Parra would have done getting in the batter's box. Yeah. You remember how <laughs> Remember how he used to adjust everything, his batting gloves, 87 uh, times before. I mean, you know, I, I am. That's the one thing. I'm just, I'm just glad that people get in the box and get ready to. I, I think the umpires are carrying it a little bit too far at times. Uh, the opening game, Raphael Devers got called out uh, on strikes because yeah. he wasn't ready within eight seconds or something. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, so, I mean, I think, I think there needs to be a little bit of discretion there, but, but no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Pudge would have done well, but you know what though, Paul, when you think about it, when you think about it back when he played, he didn't need a pitch clock because guys were throwing in 15, 20 seconds. Have you, have you gone back and watched a baseball game from the 1970s or go on YouTube sometime and find a game from the 70s and 80s and watch it in real time and watch how quickly that game moved? I mean, these guys didn't mess around. So I, I'm not, you know, I mean, but the difference was like with Fisk, they could still throw to first base when they needed to. But these guys weren't, these guys weren't waiting around to throw a pitch. You know, I mean, and, and that's where, you know, and, and I, I hate to call it this, but it's the, the pimping of sports, right? I mean, that's what, and it's not just baseball. All sports do that now. Guys have got to, you know, guys got to strut and pimp and, you know, and, and it's just, let's play, you know, let's play. Why are we doing all these, these things? I mean, I just think that, that, uh, showmanship, I, 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 maybe showmanship is a better word than pimping, but, but I think, I think it, I think it went too far. I, I'm all for guys showing their personalities, but it doesn't have to be as you're stepping into the batter's box. That's just me. Right. That's the thing, right? I want to see, I want to see great bat flips. If you can do a yes. great bat flip, I'm, I'm, I'm in support of that. I don't yeah. care how, how, how tight your gloves are. Okay. You're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> I agree. Heck, I'd like to see a guy come around third base and do a somersault on his way to home plate. That I'm all is for fine. that. You know, I have no problem with that. But the, you know, the the and the guys and the pitchers. You know, we gotta we gotta take the rosin bag 87 times, touch everything uh, on our bodies, and you know, I mean, it's it's enough already, enough already. And I think I think we're finally getting there, guys. Baseball is going back to the good old days. And you know how I know that that things have really changed. Do you guys ever watch the MLB Network? Yes. yes, sir. 
one of the guys on the MLB network that I can't stand, and you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but can't stand Brian Kenny. He's the resident egghead. He's the yeah. uh, he, he's their analytics guy. Even Brian Kenny, who hated some of these ideas and hated the idea of doing away with the shift, on the air today actually said this was a great idea. Actually said they have made the product better by all the changes that they've made this year. Yep. And this is the egghead that said it. I was like, the guys had an epiphany. And so Rob Manfred finally got <laughs> something right. Incredible. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. One other thing that came out of that show today, today, by the way, and I know we didn't talk about this, uh, that we were going to talk about it, but there was an owner that has said that the analytics uh, situation right now is an arms race to nowhere. And the, and, and the, and the, the thinking behind it is when analytics first started, right, there were some teams that got out in front of that, right? And so that, that they had an advantage because they were doing things that other teams weren't. Now every team has an analytics department of like 20 people and they're all coming up with the same stuff. And so really where's the advantage now of analytics if everybody is doing the same thing, right? So now all you're doing is you're, you're spending all this money for no advantage. Well, yeah, that's, that was kind of the, I mean, if you go back to like the money ball thing, you know, Billy beans idea was he was going to find the nuggets that could add up to, you know, right. Uh, people on base. And yeah, if everybody's looking for those nuggets, that increases the value of the nuggets. And then, you know, you, yeah, you're, it's, not, it, this also makes complete sense because the Royals finally in the off season, got on the analytics train. So it's just about time for that train to have left the station. So yeah, <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense. You know, and, but the interesting thing now is going to see, be to see how analytics is going to evolve with the rule changes, for instance, no shifting, but will people decide, will they decide that it is more uh, beneficial to have two outfielders? and move your center fielder into short right field because there is no restriction on that. You just can't put an outfielder out there. But there's nothing that says you can't move the outfielders around. Would Is that going to be the next analytics thing that they're going to look at? Yeah, I think there's always something to to look at there. Um, and I and also I saw the, the Roy, in, the, in the Royals Twin Series this weekend, that happened a number of times. Um, the Royals were, I can't remember who it was, but there were, there was some, one of the, one of the twins batters, they were um, probably Joey Gallo. It was, yeah, it was, it was yeah. Gallo. That's right. Yeah. They, yeah, he, they hit, he hit two home runs yesterday. That went well for him. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there's, <laughs> I mean, you might as you could, you could have your right fielder play anywhere at that point. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, they brought the right fielder in really close and yeah, he, and then he pounded over his head, but uh, right. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the, I think there's, if you have really good analytics people, they're going to find, um, you know, the, the margins to make themselves better. The problem is, is when, you know, when the Yankees are into the stats game and the Dodgers and the Padres are into the stats game, and the Mets, you know, they're, you know, if they're doing the same thing, then it's kind of makes it even tougher on the, on the smaller teams. But, you know, you, you do have to, 
especially for a team, you know, small market teams, you've got to figure out, you know, really how you're spending your money. I mean, that to me is kind of the secret sauce to the whole thing is how are we spending our money? And, you know, you, you can't go blowing a lot of money on one player who doesn't really add to your team, but is a big name. Right. And there's right. a lot of, uh, I think a lot of guys get overpaid for, and that's where stats come in handy for, uh, and analytics come in handy for small market teams. So I'm going to do a uh, take of Tom Hanks here. Tom Hanks said there's no crying in baseball, right? That's correct. There's no softball in baseball. Stop bringing the outfielder in like a softball <laughs> player. Stop it. Just stop it. And why don't you just use common sense a little bit? I'm so, you know, there's certain things about baseball. It just seems like we're outthinking everything. And um, there's such a dynamic about baseball with chemistry with the players and a good manager gets just stop it. Just let's just play baseball. And I think the, all these rules are in the right place. So get off my grass. And let's play baseball. All right. Well, I'm you done. know what I was thinking today along those lines, Paul, you, you were kind of where I was thinking earlier today when they were talking about the analytics departments and all this. stuff. I was thinking, you know what? Back in the day, back when, you know, back when we all had hair and and things like that. Hey, hey, um, hey, now, you know, <laughs> um, the manager was the analytics guy, right? The manager and the coaches were the analytics guys. They were the ones that were trying to figure out the best way to do it. And they've a lot of those decisions now have been taken out of the manager's hands. And in many cases now, you know, the managers have become robots because the the analytics department is telling them what to do, right? I mean, so they've taken a lot of the uh, the seat of the pants kind of stuff away from managers. Maybe the pitch clock and maybe some of this other stuff changing. Maybe we get back to that. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. And then yes. we, we get, then we could find out how bad our managers really are. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're finding out in Detroit, but that's okay. Well, I was gonna. That, the, the next point I wanted to bring up is, it's, you know, we, I want to get to our predictions. But before we do that, I figured we might as well talk about our favorite teams for a couple of minutes. And I, I look at the standings after the first weekend, and I see that the Royals and the Tigers <laughs> haven't won a game. Um, and and uh, but but I read an article the other day, Paul, that a lot of people are speculating. You know, the it's easy to say the first manager to get fired this year is going to be the guy in Cincinnati or the guy in Pittsburgh because they stink so bad. But a lot of people think the guy who may be the biggest one on the hot seat is A.J. Hinch in Detroit, and not necessarily because he's doing a bad job. Look, they haven't given him a team with a lot of talent, but because they've got new people in charge in the front office, and they may be looking to get their own people in there. And A.J. Hinch might be the first one out the door this year. Yes, you are right, Onion Breath. Um <laughs> That's a shout out to wow. Johnny Carson there. Wow. Wow. Dang. Wow. Didn't you Ooh. grow onions in your garden last year or something? No, I grow garlic. Oh, well, okay, okay, garlic breath. Um <laughs> so Scott Harris is the new 36-year-old GM for the Detroit Tigers and he is now leading his magical mystery tour team across the country. It'll be weeks <laughs> before we get a first win. Um and they call this team a step forward from last year. I don't think so. And you're right. A.J. Hinch is on the hot seat. He looks like a man dazed and confused when they have him on the local news. Like he thought really? he had something last year. But he he looks like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is not going to work. And so now they're trying to promote, hey, we've made changes. And the first change they've talked about, 
hey, our outfield walls are, are different. We brought in center field 10 feet. We've lowered center field. We've lowered right field. We've lowered. And you're like, wait a second. That's what we're talking about. And then they say, oh, but this is Cabrera's last year. Well, Mickey hasn't hit over 256 in the last three years. And then their top two draft prospects, Spencer Torkelson and uh, Riley Green, are rookies, and Torkelson can't hit to save his life. He's not even hitting his weight these days. Uh, it looks rough. And Javier Baez, oh, my. Is that what we have to put our hope on? So I'm just saying, and our starting lineup is a bunch of nobodies because our two top picks to be starters are hurt. Uh, Scooble and my so as you can tell it's pretty dismal here in Detroit Oof! wow I was ready for that one could you tell yes uh wow well uh I'm not bitter about it at all I I can't tell I can't (laughs) tell but you know you know the thing is though that's not AJ Hinch's fault you know but it does go to show you every AJ Hinch has this reputation of being this great manager ladies and gentlemen if I could have coached the 2017 Houston Astros, I'd have been in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like it goes to show you that it, it doesn't matter how good of a manager you are. If you don't have the horses, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, I, I don't care matter. who you are. You, you know, if you, you be, you know, Casey Stengel, you give him a bunch of bums, he's not winning. Although Casey Stengel is probably not a good example because he was nuts. But anyway, I mean, you know, but but so it's not A.J. Hinch's fault, but he may be. I think I think he might be the first one out the door, which would be uh, unfortunate. They'd save a lot of dough if they got rid of him, too. I don't know if that's part of it. Well, the, well, the uh, he's trying to save his job tonight. The Tigers have an early two, two nothing lead over Houston. So <laughs> uh, what about those uh, Royals there, Eric? Oh, you mean the Royals who are currently up seven to zero against the uh, Blue Jays? Uh, yes, those Royals. Yes, um, uh, yeah. Hopefully, with the bases loaded and no outs in the fifth. But anyway, um, <laughs> against them, um, <laughs> the uh, the Royals. You know, I think. I mean, I don't have high hopes. Um, you know, uh, not last place would be uh, you know an improvement. You're talking. Actually, Red Sox are the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Red Sox finished last last year. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, with the Royals, we've got you know new manager. Um, we've got you know Grinky back, who's uh, you know pitching uh, pretty well. Um, they're you know good good enough, good, pretty well by Royals pitcher standards, and actually our. The pitching for the Royals isn't isn't that bad. Um, yeah, you know, there's you know you got Brady Singer, um, you know Chris Bubich who has you know some some upside. Uh, I think yeah, you know, I, I think you know a 71 season isn't out of the question, and and that uh, goes against a lot of the prog- prognosticators. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean the Pakota standings uh, have the Royals losing 100 games, so. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think yeah, I, th- I think I think they're going to take a step forward. It's not going to be a huge step forward. Got a lot of young talent. Um, if you know, and you know, Quartero, you know, the new manager, and Piccolo, the new GM. Um, you know, those two guys have really reworked the pitching, uh, uh, the the pitching staff, and not mm-hmm. the, the the managerial staff. And, and you know, I think that could go a long ways because we've 
the Royals have been absolutely terrible at developing young talent. They've had all these really high draft picks that have turned out to do nothing. Um, so I think, you know, I think a fourth place finish and 70 wins is not, uh, not out of the question. So, uh, you know, that's, that's as good as I can get 500. I think, I think we're a couple of years out from 500 ball, which I think was my hope for last season, which mm. went down in, in flames. Well, I, uh, I had hopes for the Red Sox and then, you know, they went out and got bombed the first game and they somehow though managed to win two out of three from the Baltimore Orioles. Did you see the gift that they got on Saturday? I did not. They were, lo- they were losing eight to seven. The, uh, Ninth inning, two outs, and the Orioles had brought in a defensive replacement in left field. He dropped the third out in left field. Adam Duvall then followed with a home run into the monster, and the Red Sox won the game, cool. nine to eight. Yeah, game. Again, I did. They had I no did read about that. Yeah. And then he, uh, and then he did it again yesterday, and the Red Sox won two out of three. The problem is they can't pitch at all. Uh, they gave up 10 runs, seven runs and five runs in the three games. They're playing the Pittsburgh pirates tonight and they are losing to the Pittsburgh pirates, ladies and gentlemen, uh, seven to five, seven to five in the, uh, or, or in the, like the fifth inning, you know, I mean, so they can't pitch at all. Chris sale goes out the other day and gives up seven runs in three innings, you know, I mean, so I, I don't know. I, you know, I had hopes that the Red Sox, if they could stay healthy, if their pitching could stay healthy, Paxton's supposed to be back and they had all these sales supposed to be healthy. I figured, you know, we got a shot at least at, you know, 86, 87 wins. Maybe we sneak into the playoffs. Uh, now I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's get to our fearless predictions where we can, where everybody can figure out how dumb we really are. Uh, let's, uh, let's start <laughs> off uh, in the American league East. Um, and it comes down. I mean, that it, I, I still say it's, it's arguably the best division in baseball, Tampa, Boston, Yankees, Baltimore, Toronto, who's winning that division. I mean, I got to think uh, Yankees, you would think would be the prohibitive favorite, but Toronto's loaded too. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've got to go with Toronto just because I just think the Yankees are pretty old. And I mean, the way they flamed out at the end of last year, I don't think they're younger enough anyway to uh, to to overcome that. I mean, gosh, they had what the best first half ever yeah. in baseball, um, and then blew it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Blue Jays. Um, I think they've got uh, you know I think Bichette is gonna have a breakout year. So I think I think they're gonna be a, a pretty fun team to watch, even though, and you know, trying to pick between the Yankees and the Blue Jays, you know, that's two teams I hate with a fiery passion, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with the blue Jays. So Mr. Arnold, I know I'm drinking from the deep dark well this evening with the tigers and the dumps. I'm going with the Yankees. <laughs> I, I, my mind is going over my heart. You know how much I do not like the evil empire, but I'm picking the Yankees in the East. And then, um, what about Eugene? Yeah, you know what? I have to say I agree. I'm I'm going with the Yankees. And I'm and I'm going with the Yankees simply um because I think their pitching is better. Um if they if they get if they stay healthy and they've got Aaron Judge. I mean, and you know, never underestimate, you know, what he can do. And I just think I think the Yankees are the class of the division. I hate to say that it pains my soul, but um I'm going with the Yankees. 
Uh, all right, guys, your division. <laughs> uh, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago. Cleveland, the defending champions, but the Minnesota Twins off to a pretty good start. <laughs> well, they had the good fortune of starting their season against the Royals, but doesn't um, doesn't hurt. <laughs> doesn't hurt. Um, I do th- I do think they're loaded up with talent. Um, you know, I think uh, and and just watching them this week, you know, I mean, honestly, the Royals. Uh, despite the getting swept, I mean, they have this, the Royals have the second highest uh, exit velocity on, on hits so far this season. Um, so they were hitting the ball hard. And so uh, the twins were just, you know, in the right position. And so that, that makes me think they're pretty well coached and have good hands. Um, and they've got some, and they, they added some, uh, you know, some, some power um, as, you know, I, and I don't think it's going to take much to win this division. You know, Cleveland was a shaky winner last year. Yep. The White Sox could do something. I think Pedro Grafal was a great hire for them. You know, I was, I was kind of eyeing on whether or not the Royals were going to you know, try to keep him in house um, for the for the manager position. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be good for them. So I think it could be I think it could be any one of those three teams. But I'm going to go with with the Twins. And I'm going to go with the Guardians. They got the best manager, and I think they're on a roll. I think they'll they'll come back even stronger this year. I I, I do agree that Terry Francona, I, I, as I've said many times, I think Terry Francona is the best manager in baseball. However, I think the Minnesota Twins have too much talent. I think the Twins are going to win that division. Uh, I'll be surprised if they don't, to be honest with you. Um, AL West. Uh, the Texas Rangers, the hottest team in baseball right now, off to a good start. But uh, uh, Houston, the defending champs, and Seattle, a surprise team last year, and actually the last couple of years. And then we have Oakland, the Angels, and Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going with Houston. I mean, how how, how can you not? Um, uh, but, yeah, this this division got a lot more interesting in the offseason. I think you're going to, you know, they it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Rangers. Seattle's pretty solid. The Angels, you know, who knows? I mean, they've got all the talent in the world. They just seem, I just, I don't know. I mean, uh, Shohei Otani's start on opening day was just classic Angels. Um, you know, was it uh, 10 strikeouts? He had, he had, uh, uh, he had like, what, 103 on the, uh, on the pitch pitches mile per hour yeah, uh, and, and, uh, and, and then he loses the game. <laughs> it's just like, come on. It's just, just wasting, wasting away him and trout just burning time. But I would, I still hope that the angels will get, uh, get involved in a, in a real playoff hunt. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it looks like it's going to be the, the Astros and the Mariners again, probably coming down to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Astros, but I have the Mariners as a wild card. So, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw a real curveball here. I'm going to uh, I think I think Houston's gonna have a drop off this year. I really do. I don't think they're gonna win a division. I'm going with the Texas Rangers. Ooh, the Rangers! Wow, Ooh. look at there. After after what I just watched them do to the Philadelphia Phillies, and they've got a really I mean they have Bruce Bochy managing that team now. They've spent a ton of money. They have Jacob DeGrom. If he stays healthy, I'm telling you, they have Nate Valdi from the Red Sox. If that pitching staff stays healthy, I think the Texas Rangers could surprise a lot of people this year. 
I thought my favorite thing from opening day was comparing uh, the Otani start versus the DeGrom start, where DeGrom kind of uh, laid an egg on opening day, yeah. and then his team right. picking up with like a nine-inning, nine-run fourth fourth yeah. inning, and <laughs> Otani just, you know, just go ahead. So, yeah, I think, uh, I, yeah, I mean, the Rangers could definitely do it, but, uh, yeah, it's good. That's, that's, it's turned, definitely turned into one of the more interesting uh, starts. And I think with, um, with the Astros, a, a lot is going to come down to um, what happens with how Jordan Alvarez does, uh, because Agreed. he's, he's got some, you know, some wrist issues left over from last year. And if that doesn't get straightened out, the, uh, uh, the Astros could be in trouble. I mean, he should be, he's, I mean, he's, he's the guy there. All right, let's go to the national league East. And we have the, uh, uh, this might be the new evil empire. We may have to rename the Mets as the evil empire with the kind of money that Steve Cohen is spending, but uh, the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, and then of course the also rans the nationals and the Miami Marlins, the Phillies, the uh, defending NL uh, champs uh, started the season. zero and three down in Texas, and they're losing to the Yankees tonight, eight to one in the sixth inning. So things not starting well for the Philadelphia Phillies. For sure, for sure. That and that. Uh, that's, uh, and I mean, they didn't start well for them last year either, right? I mean, didn't they have a pretty rough first half well, of the they, season? They fired Joe Girardi. Right, right. So they, yeah, they. <laughs> so they had a terrible start. So hey, never, never count out the Phillies until the All Star break. Okay, all right, all right. That's fair. Who's winning the division? Mets haven't gotten off to the greatest start either. Yeah, I mean they, you know, they lost uh, what's his name in the uh, uh, in the World Baseball Classic, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean not, I, I'm, you know, hey, I don't want anybody to get injured. It's still hilarious. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Braves just because I lack faith in the Mets. Okay. And I'm gonna go with the Mets. I'm just gonna keep on going with these New York teams, and I want to see Verlander and Scherzer go deeper in the playoffs. I know that they pitch their arms out a little too much, especially Scherzer. He gets a little weak toward the end. But Verlander looked awfully sharp last year. I, I don't know. It'd be just so cool to see the Mets have a good run this year. By the way, do either one of you get creeped out when you watch uh, Max Scherzer get interviewed on TV with those two different colored eyes? <laughs> We're used to it in Detroit. We saw it for years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it just creeps me out. I was, he was interviewed after the game the other day, and I was like, I, had, I couldn't look at him. I was like, yeah. A little scary. Well, it's like those uh, sheepdogs with two different color eyes. Have you yeah, seen those yeah. sheepdogs? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I'm going to go with the Braves. I'm going to go with the Braves. I I, uh, I think that the Mets are going to find a way to implode. They're going to do Met things. Right. That's that's my argument in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, I think, I mean, and, but I'll tell you what. I mean, the one thing that they have, you know, even though they lost Diaz, Having David Robertson in that bullpen is going to be big for them because this is a guy who's been around. He's still got a lot left in the tank, and you know he knows how to finish off games. So I think that'll help a little bit. But the Mets always find a way to mess things up, and I think this will be no different. Uh, National League Central. I mean, Eric, this has got to be uh, the Cardinals' year, right? Be because the Cardinals. otherwise, because otherwise yeah. you have to move out of the house, right? Well, I, yes, but this is <laughs> yeah. But I, I really do think the Cardinals are. I mean, look, that division is weak. Um, and yes, yeah, I think, it, it you gotta, is. I think you got to go with the Cardinals. 
I think it's a rule. Okay. This podcast, we always root for the Cardinals. So I think that's the rule. Uh, no, it's not the rule. <laughs> oh, it's not. I don't. I don't <laughs> well, I, I have a I have a love hate relationship with the Cardinals. Yes, they. Beat I love my wife Royals. and I hate the Cardinals. Yes, <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I'm uh, I'm I'm picking the Cardinals too. I I just I think yeah. this division is just I think this division is terrible. I mean, yeah, and the Cardinals, you know, and I don't think the Cardinals are a terrible team, but I think they're going to win this division by default. Basically. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a pretty good team. They're not a great team, but they I mean they I mean, they've got some great talent, but um, yeah, it's that they should, they'll win when it going away. I see some people have the Brewers winning. But the Brewers, I mean, they're selling out their talent every time they get to the close yep. to the playoffs. So there's no reason to believe in them. Uh, speaking of Titans and great teams, we go to the National League West and the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres, the class of that division. And then uh, the Giants are going to try to hang around. And, of course, we have the Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Interesting, the first weekend, all, all five teams in that division are two and two. So where are we going? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pick the Padres, uh, but man, uh, the Padres kind of feel a little bit like the Mets with the ability to uh, ruin a good thing. Yeah. To screw up. Um, So (laughs) I'm going to pick the Padres, but, uh, that probably means good things for the Dodgers. I'm picking the Padres. It's their year. It's their year. Padres all the way. Yeah, and I'm uh, since Don Orsillo is a friend of mine, I have to pick the Padres. So I, we're all we're all agreed on that one as well. I just think that's going to be a fun division. All right, so we all have our division winners. Um, who's gonna Who's gonna win the the couple of wild cards? Who's getting them? Mm, so what is what is it this year? Is it one per league or two per league? I I, I can never. Keep I think track. it's isn't it isn't it? Don't we have three? We have three per league. There's three per three league? Per league. Yeah, there's what is this, teams. basketball? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we can cut it's off the beer. Eric, cut, cut him off from the beer. Sorry, Greg. sorry. Yeah, okay, okay, that's right. Um, <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, uh, so I will say, so I'm going to say Yankees, Mariners, and... Yeah. Rays, Rays, Rays. Rays. Yeah, it's got to be the Rays. Yeah. I have Toronto, Mariners, and the Rays for the wild cards in the. Toronto, Mariners. Hang on, I'm getting all these down. Uh-oh. No, you're yeah. not keeping. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? no. Oh, oh no. yes. Of course I am. And then for the. Um, for the Hang M- on, let me, let me, let me get, let me get oh. mine here in the American League. I'm going with Tampa. Ooh. I'm going with Toronto. Yes. And I'm going to go with Houston as a wild card. That's right. Now in the National League, what do you got? Uh, Mets, Phillies, Dodgers. Ooh, he drank coffee. He was fast that time. Phillies, Dodgers. Okay, who you got, Paul? Braves, Dodgers, Phillies. Braves, Dodgers. Phillies, huh? I don't think the Phillies are making the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to go with the Mets. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. And I'm going to go with 
the Cubs. Cubbies. Cubs. Cubbies. What? Yep. yep. Going with the Cubs. Okay. Dansby, Swan- Dansby Swanson's going to make the difference in Chicago. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's winning the American League? Who's Who we got in the World Series, guys? Uh, I'm going with the Astros. Against? Oh, oh, so uh, Padres. God, I'm really hanging my hat on the Padres. <laughs> well, uh, oh, you got Yankees and Padres. Yankees, Padres. Mm. I'm going Toronto. Ooh, wow, Padres. Mm. Yep, that's who I'm going. I can't put the Yankees in there. It, I, just, I just can't. I just, You'd rather I just be can't. wrong than right. Yeah, it's bad enough I picked them to win the division. <laughs> so, All right, so that's our fearless predictions, and we'll probably be wrong on every single one of them. But it be, you don't it's have kinda, to pick it's the World gonna, Series champion? Uh, well, oh, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, let's do that. We might as well. Who you got, Eric? Uh, I'll go with Padres. Paul? Oh, I'm going deep. Yankees. I'm going oh, Padres. They may not let me do this podcast again, folks. No, you're 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 done. Yeah, fired. It's it's, it's just going to be the the duo of summer now. It's just Eric and I. You're, 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 I'm you're, done. You're, you're you're out of here. Good lord. Um, well, you know, it, this will look like my March Madness brackets because one yeah. of those got absolutely Ooh. destroyed. So nice transition we'll, we'll team. A, uh, well, and. Uh, as we get ready to call it an evening here on the Boys of Summer, I have one last thing to say. Go, UConn. <laughs> Go, you Huskies. Huskies. I'm telling you, Huskies looking for their fifth national championship since 1999. Put it in the books tonight. Dynasty, for Paul baby. Hunter, that's right. For Paul Hunter and Eric Braun, I'm Gene Gumps. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Boys of Summer.